Stay tuned. We're going to be catching up on what's going on at the county offices and what's going on with the Board of Supervisors. Stay tuned for TKO. Good morning. I'm Karen Audubon, and what we're going to do today is we're going to have a little bit of open lines, but I also spent some time checking out the supervisors, what's been going on with them. They've had two meetings this last, this February, uh, the 1st of February, then the 8th of February. They didn't meet yesterday because Monday was a holiday. Um, so I went through and I've looked at what they've been doing and I wanted to just take some time to catch up and let you know the listeners what's going on because you know I follow them, what's happening and all of that. And then um, later in the show, um, I know we talk a lot about cannabis and a lot of it goes on about all the money we're making and stuff from cannabis supposedly that's coming into the county and all of that. But I had the opportunity to um, go over the annual crop report was generated for the board meeting. I believe that was on the first they got the crop report. Uh, The crop report is for the 2020 crop report. It's fascinating about what other products actually come into the county. So I've uh, printed out a lot of paperwork, a lot of notes about that. So I'd like to go over that with everybody just to to know... um, now, I've been promoting Mendocino County ever since I've lived here, and it's it was just fascinating for me to see where the products come from, what products we actually produce. Uh, maybe pretty proud to live here, too. So anyway, we'll be going over that later on, but first I just want to catch up with the Board of Supervisors and what's been going on with that. Um, I will be taking calls. If you have some comments or you want some questions about what I might know that you might be interested in, you can always call in. Um, that would be 895-2448-707. Don't forget you got to do that now. So let's see what's been going on. So like I said, the supervisors had two board meetings um, this month. Um, they've been actually there doing, um, they've been, they voted or talked about and then approved a strategic plan. You've heard, been hearing about that. I did a show on it. I think um, uh, Mari Roden did a show on the uh, strategic plan too so they're moving ahead with the strategic plan there have uh, gone it's gone back to the committee that's working on it they're going to get more detailed information about they got the broad topics of what they need to talk about now they're going to get into the minutia of some projects around those some direction around the sub uh, topics and then they'll be coming back for that later discussion about moving forward with codifying some kind of a strategic plan. Uh, One of the other things that the board has been working on is they've been in discussion or there's been a committee, an ad hoc committee that's actually been working on the idea of going from a CEO uh, to a CAO as the uh, head office for helping uh, being under the supervisors. Um, As some of you may know and have heard uh, Carmel Angelo is retired, is retiring. I believe uh, this next week is her last uh, week. Uh, Darcy Ansel has been appointed as an interim CEO. Uh, They're 
trying to, the supervisors are working on how that position is actually going to function, how it's going to interact, and they're taking some time to do that. That's why they appointed Darcy as the interim CEO. She's been around a while, has a lot of uh, budgetary skills, so she'll be stepping in in the interim to do to keep that going while the board is deciding which direction they're going to go. They actually figure have to figure out a definition of what that position will entail and the responsibilities, which is, it, I'm glad they're taking their time to do that. Um, so they're, they're, they're doing that. They're working on the strategic plan. There was something else I was going to say, and I just had a, you know, mental moment, but it'll come back. Um, so they're, they're doing that. They're working towards that. Uh, there was something I was going to say along that. Well, it'll come back later. They're also, oh, I know what I was going to say, uh, is one part, part of trying to move ahead and deciding what, um, what this position is going to look like. They're actually having, Closed sessions tomorrow, and that would be Friday, so Thursday and Friday. And what they're going to do is they're they're actually having closed sessions, and they're bringing in department heads, and they they call it a performance review. I think probably it's going to be performance review, but I think it's also going to be finding out what each of those department heads do, which is good. I don't know that in the time I've been following them over the last few years that they've actually done that, where the board has sat with each department head. So tomorrow they're going to be uh, interviewing interviewing the general services uh, agency director, the social services director, the agricultural commissioner, transportation, and cultural services um, agency director. And then on Friday, they're going to do public health, environmental or behavioral health and recovery services, cannabis director, program director, and the public health officer. So that's uh, nine different positions. They're going to be getting detailed information for these from these department heads which I hope, which I'm sure, which had better, all of the above, uh, give them some direction and some idea of internally how things operate and help them decide what this new position, CEO, CAO, whatever you want to call it, what that authority is going to do and how they're going to divvy up the authority. So they're in closed session for um, Thursday and Friday, and then they come back. Their next meeting isn't until the first uh, Tuesday in March. So then, then we'll do that. So that's what's happening around the strategic plan, which is moving forward. Fascinating. All right. Um, so the other thing that's going on is they, um, I think it was the last board meeting on the 8th, they started, they've started uh, distributing a bunch of that PG&E uh, settlement money. They had decided where they were going to put it out, and they've actually, I would imagine, hopefully the checks are in the mail, but they uh, voted or it was on the consent calendar to distribute a bunch of money, and I wanted to give a shout-out to who's getting that money so you know that it is being spread around the county. So the Westport Fire Department got uh, 20k, and they're going to put that towards emergency services equipment and supplies. The Fort Fe Fort Bragg Fire Department got $91,000, and they're doing uh, they're that's going to go for structural and wildland gear, wildfire land gear. Uh, Long Valley Fire Department up north, shout out to them. They got 41, $45.5,000, and they're going to get that use equipment supplies. And then the Fire Council, 
which services all of the county, which is a great organization. Uh, they've got a chipper program, and out of that PG&E money for the next two years, they're going to get $75,000 each year to go towards chippers and making, you know, helping the community chip and get rid of a bunch of the fire uh, trees and things, you know, clearing around homes and things, I hope. Uh, they're also going to get um, 30000 30, okay, $30,000 for the next five years each year, and that's going to go towards helping people and getting defensible space. So that's where some of the money has gone so far. That was on the agenda last uh, last week. They, got, they sent that money out to these departments. I hope they get it going because I know there's snow on the ground. I have snow up at the ranch. I had snow Monday night. Um, but prior to that, it was very, very dry, and there had even been some spot fires around. So I think our fire season is going to start early and probably not be um, not be relentless, probably, unless we take care and do a lot of that. So I'm glad to hear that this money is getting out into our communities. That was uh, good to see. I like to see the money flowing instead of sitting around where it can't be used. So that happened. Um, there, the drought committee actually got together now that we have snow and we're talking about fire. Let's talk about the drought. There's an ad hoc drought committee that got together and met. I have to say it was only an hour and a half long meeting. It was really quick in, quick out. Um, there's still money at the state level to be had for drought projects. Um, I think I only they meant they didn't mention which project it was, but there's only been like one group that's applied for some money. I would say that I would have liked to have seen more. Um, I'd like to just hear about more projects happening around the drought. I don't know. I do not know what's going on with the city of Men or the town, excuse me, of Mendocino, but. I'm just not so sure that uh, for a second year in a row, the county is going to want to step up and fund um, trucking water from Fort Bragg to Mendocino again, the town of Mendocino. So uh, if, you are in, if you're in the town of Mendocino and you know any projects that are going on, do call in and let me know because I'm not hearing of anything and it's getting late in the season, getting late in the season to start t- talking about getting water and water development. Um, I'm already seeing water being trucked in Mendocino County, or I'm um, excuse me, Anderson Valley. Um, I saw some water being trucked up my ranch road this morning on the way out. Um, I've seen appeals on Facebook in the valley for people needing water, wanting to know who's delivering it. I don't think we're out of this yet, folks, and I just wish that uh, there was more projects happening and more being addressed, especially if um, the town of Mendocino is expecting or Fort Bragg is expecting the county as a whole to step up again and do what we did last summer. So I'd love to hear about any projects that are going on. It would um, make me feel better about what's happening and uh, maybe get some money into the county considering that the state has just reported to have uh, 23 25 billion dollar surplus um, I'd really like to see some of that money flowing down to the counties too getting some of these projects done 
So that's what's going on with the drought. Oh, I will say also that the Board of Supervisors did renew their declaration of local emergency due to drought. So I'm imagining they did that because Lake Lake Mendocino is still not full. um, And that that allows us to be in place for the state funding under the drought emergency. I would hope that's the reason they did that. And that's why I'm saying I would like to see more of our community stepping up to get some of this money to get ready for the drought, the lack of rain we're going to have. We still may have some rain, but it's just, you know, it's not, um, it's not looking good for the rest of the season. All right. I'm Karen Audubonny. You're listening to KZYX and Z. It's TKO. I'm just kind of catching you up on what's been going on with the supervisors today, uh, taking a little break from having a guest and just talking with you, the listeners. Um, you have questions, comments, 895-2448. That's what's going on so far with the supervisors. Uh, one of the other thing is, is that they did a budget report, uh, which you can find online if you want to go on to the, uh, you can go on to um, the you can go onto the county's website, get their agenda, and then you can look at the uh, agenda and they will have posted at the end of the board, they have attachments. So a little bit of catch up on the budget. We're about, uh, nah, a little over about 50, 50% of the way into our budget. Budget runs from July 1st to June 30th. So we're a little over 50%. And so they've been trying to track it. With any budget, it's hard to track uh, where you're at because a lot of your expenditures go out with the, especially with the state funding federal funding so a lot of the money goes out to these projects to these departments and then there's a d- delay or a lag time for when the money comes in so when I look at the you know behavioral health and look at some of the health and HHS as they call it health and human services departments it's it, it's kind of hard to tell where they're at because there's a delay in getting a lot of that money in and we already put it out but I will say uh, the, the departments that jumped out to me that are over budget right now is you've got believe it or not the CEO's department is uh, at 73% of their budget for the year they should be running around 54% this time of year the county clerk elections is running at 73% over I've been told and we've talked about it in the past that has to do with the all the computer updating and all the computer internal informational stuff that's going on internally there. So that's why they appear to be over budget. Uh, solid Waste Department under DOT is over uh, at 73% of their budget. That was another one that jumped out. I would imagine that has to do with roads and stuff. I'm not quite sure. I have to ask uh, Howard Dashle about that. The other one that was over is the County Council. However, they're up at 73% of their budget. Should be running, like I said, around 54%. Uh, I guess they've been doing a lot of work on the county council's office. Again, I want to point out um, that the county council's office is not under the CEO. The county council's office reports directly to our board of supervisors. So that's who oversees that department directly. All right? Okay, somebody was trying to get in. If you want to call 895-2448. The other thing you can do if you want to check our budget, which is kind of interesting. I know I'm, I happen to be a numbers nerd, but I know there are some people that want to check things occasionally. 
you can go to this great website. It's called co mendocino ca dot open gov.com okay so bco mendocino ca dot open gov.com and it actually shows our budget and it shows it to date when they've reported it the percentages that have kind of where the each department is kind of you know running again with flow money in and flow money out you can't it's, it's not going to be right to the dime and all that but you can get an idea of what the departments are doing all right, I'm going to get a caller on here just to see what they want to say, and then we're going to continue on. Good morning, caller. You're on the line. Woo, turn your... Hi. Hi, I have a couple of questions. So how much was the total that Mendocino County got from the PG&E settlement, and was it all spent on fire departments and fire council? And then... The, the other question is, what is the difference between the CEO and the CAO? And I'll listen on the radio. Okay. So, Thank um, you. Yeah. So, as as far as the money that we got, it was tw- just about $22 million. It sat around for a while till we decided to, they got a lot of input on where it went. I did several shows on it. I don't have the exact breakdown where it, it is all went. It did not all go to fire departments and the fire council. Uh, a big chunk of it did. They tried to do a big chunk of that, but a lot of it went elsewhere. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have those numbers with you right now, but uh, it broke down pretty well and there was a it was a very good process i thought it was a very good process of input from all the different organizations nonprofits all the county offices and and what they would do with the money as we always say in our county we have much much greater need than we have money for period you know deferred maintenance for our department of transportation is my god i think it's up to 600 and some million dollars uh which is just in a just goes up exponentially Okay, difference between the CEO and the CAO is one is the chief um, executive office, one is the chief administrative officer, okay? They're just titles. The difference is... I'm, you know what? That's, that's the thing. It depends on how you define that position. So that's what the supervisors are trying to do now. Everybody's under the assumption that CAO, the board is going to have more access to the department heads, more decision about what goes on to the department heads, but that's not necessarily so. They do have access to all the department heads now. It's kind of an, it's, it's going to be, that's why I'm talking about it, it's because it's going to be interesting to see how they define the position. I know that I, when I had Carmel uh, Angelo on uh, several weeks ago, she said basically it's not in the title, it's how it's defined. And I, I believe that because I've seen both systems and they've both worked differently. So I'm going to be watching, I'll, bring probably one of the supervisors on. I believe Dan Jurdy is on the ad hoc committee. It's Dan and I can't remember who the other person is because there's two two of the board members are on the ad hoc committee that's actually looking into divining this. And I think I think they're going to I think the supervisors in the next 2 days are going to be getting a lot of input from these department heads and how they work, how it functions, and I I would Imagine that the department heads are going to be giving them some suggestions. So I'll be watching it. I'll get back to you afterwards when they when we're a little bit closer as to what that definition is going to be. 
then we'll have an idea of how the structure is going to work, what it really means. So right now, it's just in a title. It's just in a name. A rose is a rose is a rose, that type of a thing. So the other the other position I will say, since we're talking about these positions and stuff, um, the other position that I have, I'm just starting to look into and research. I'm trying to get Sherry Shatmire on. She's the treasurer who is retiring early. I'm really fascinated about the combination of the auditor's office and the treasurer's office as it is as it has been in the past ever since i've been doing radio it's been two separate positions that are elected two separate departments and their department head is elected we the people we the voters elect that person all right so um, Lloyd Weir retired last year, and the board had decided this is a great opportunity to consider combining those two positions. Other counties, I don't know how many, I'll look into it when I start to do the show on it, um, have just a financial officer. That's one position. They refer to Sonoma County. I guess Yolo County also has that. So because of the retirement of Lloyd Weir, the board decided it was a good time to combine these positions. Why they decided to do that is really not clear to me. I've never heard a good explanation as why. Just that, hey, Sonoma County does it that way. We're going to do it that way. I know that both of the people in those offices, um, Sherry Schottmeyer actually retired. She doesn't want to have anything to do with combining the positions. And the woman that's the interim um, head of the auditor, I think is going to run for the combined positions. I'm not sure that's codified yet. I think they have till the end of this week to actually apply for those positions to run, to, to file the paperwork. So that's going to be a more in-depth uh, show that I put together later on because we all, the voters, are going to be the ones determining who gets that position. And I'm really... I've been hearing mixed messages about whether that's a good thing or not thing, but it, that's a lot of a lot of background work I got to do to get onto that one. So there you go about that. That's what I know so far. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. We shall continue on. Uh, so you get a lot of information out of these. Um, where I get a lot of this information I'm talking about is in the CEO's report. They do a report. I'm not sure how often she does it or they do it. That position does it. This one was done at the first meeting in February, and that's where I got a lot of this information. Uh, one of the other things that jumps out because I'm into numbers is we have allotted positions for county employees. The allotted positions that they say we could potentially fill totally if we had the people to fill them would be 1,485. That's how many employees that are allotted in the budget or in the departments. Uh, but right now we have 406 vacancies. So that means, that means actually on the payroll right now we have 1,079 employees. And as there, so there's a thing about having so many positions allocated, but they're only actually actively recruiting for 290 more positions so that's what each department's and they've got there's a whole breakdown in a 
big um, spreadsheet of each department and how which departments are actually recruiting now, which ones have vacancies that they're not recruiting for, I would imagine, because of budgetary restraints. So as of now, we have 1,079 employees on the payroll, and they're looking. So that was fascinating. One of the other things that I harp on that I wanted to catch up everybody else on is cannabis enforcement. So there was a really nice report in the under the CEO's report, a big report on the cannabis uh, enforcement department, uh, which is run under, that's under building and planning actually, believe it or not, because it is an enforcement thing. They've been trying to beef up the enforcement department. It had been a little bit shy last year now that they're, they're finally getting their act together. So they just got two new supervisor um, code enforcement officers hired. Those are supervising positions. Uh, and they're still trying to recruit and find enforcement officers one and two positions to be out there to do the cannabis thing. Um, when you look at the numbers, they have a spreadsheet of actually what's been going on in the department. So the code enforcement deals with non-permitted cannabis complaints. So they got a little uh, graph there from November to January. That's the time frame we're looking at. And it looks like uh, there haven't been that many, <laughs> that much enforcement. We're looking at less than like 25, 21, 30, Less than, less than 50 complaints that they're working on. Some they're investigating, some were not as reported, so they don't, they, those get shifted out right away. They've got uh, about eh, eight people that they've got notice of violations. Uh, about uh, two or three they referred to enforcement, to law enforcement to deal with. So, that there's not a lot of activity. I mean, that's a lot of activity for a small department. But considering the random, the rapid or rampant uh, illegal grows around the county, I'm not seeing a lot of it being reported um, and being dealt with in this cannabis enforcement department that we now have. Um, it actually broke it down, interesting enough, then on another chart, they broke it down as to where the complaints were coming in by location. Uh, looks like you've got one in Albion, one in Branscombe, one in Guadalajara, Mendocino area had one, Potter Valley one, Redwood Valley one, Ukiah had, uh, eh, looks like about three, I guess, turned in, Willits two, the so a total of the complaints, yeah, total of the complaints they've gotten is like about 11 complaints. And that's, that's from November to January. So I would have expected more. But, you know, what do I know about that? I just see a lot of, a lot of complaints online and I see a lot in my backyard happening. I will say that I've seen a couple complaints that are happening in Yorkville. So maybe, maybe it's not all in the charts yet. But, so that's what's happening in code enforcement there. One of the other things they uh, had on this graph, which is I've, people you know, talk about abandoned cars, vehicles around the county. A lot of them have been sitting around. I know that comes under the Department of Transportation. And it's a cost issue. 
I mean, they're talking about anywhere from $750 to $1,000 to remove a vehicle, uh, campers or more, all of that. So between November and January, there were 22 abandoned cars that they took care of. So that's a, that's a chunk of change. And I see there's more along the roads and stuff all the time. So those are some numbers. What's going on in the county? 895-2448. You're listening to me. I'm Karen Audubon. This is TKO. And we're just kind of catching up. I randomly pulled a bunch of stuff off the net to see what's going on with the supervisors, let you know what's going on. Kind of those things you're not going to hear anyplace else, probably, because I happen to watch those kind of things. Uh, yeah. One of the other things I missed uh, here on my notes, I got several pages of notes, is... Um, there was an interesting announcement, because I'm going to go back to drought and fire safety. I was going to put it in there, and I missed it. Uh, around with the drought and the fire safety, um, the California Insurance Commissioner just put out a, uh, it's a, I guess it's a paper, I would imagine. I don't know, statements. It's called Safer from Wildfires. Safer from Wildfires. Um and it sounds like what they're doing at the state level, which is great, I at some point would like to maybe get somebody on there to do a show about this in the future, is insurance costs around uh, fire-prone areas, okay? Uh, I know that uh, a few people I know had their insurance companies in the last couple of years shut them down and say, no more, you're, you're in fire area, we're just not going to insure you, which is not really good and has cost a lot of people more money if you can even get it. So the California Insurance Commissioner came out and, and working with the emergency management at the state level with Newsom, and they came out with a list of risk reduction that you can do. There's a whole list. You can go online and Google this and find it out. There's a list of things you can do to reduce your risk, and they're working with the insurance companies, and it gives a, a list of the insurance companies that will actually give you a break or give you a discount or work with you in some way uh, if you were to look at this list of these risk reduction things that you can do around your house and access to your place uh, that would help the insurance companies work with you to either get you insurance or possibly reduce your insurance rates, which is great because I will say, in my humble opinion, the insurance industry is a ripoff generally and they control who they insure, what they insure, and what little they insure, and all of that. So if you're interested in that, you can go to, you can just Google Safer from Wildfires and get the list and see what happens. And then, if you need help, maybe get to the Fire Safe Council from Mendocino County to see about chipping and um, uh, reduction, a fuel reduction, as they say. That would be a good thing to do. So, safer from wildfires. And maybe in the future I can see about getting an insurance agent on to talk about it because it affects us all. It really does. It costs a lot. And then, but if you need it, you want to have it. Okay. 895 2448. That's my first four pages of what's been going on. Uh, the supervisors have been doing their thing. It's been, you know, they've been, it, not, nothing dramatic has come on their table. And they're not dealing with any epidemics, right? Well, they're dealing with an epidemic kind of right now. It's kind of down the downside of that. But uh, no disasters, let's say, of right now. But we're working into that season. 
So one of the fascinating things was the crop report came out. Okay, so that they, I'm not sure if they do it every year. I guess they do it every year, but it takes them a while to get the paperwork together because this came out the 1st of February and it's the crop report for 2020. So I know we talk about and hear about all this bunch of money that's supposed to be coming in from cannabis, but I gotta tell you, I was very impressed with the products and the presentation about the cannabis, or not cannabis, about uh, agricultural production in our county. So they actually did a uh, 2019 versus 2020. They broke it down into, let's see, so the total, let me, let me talk about what the total. So the total for, um, this is just ag for all products. That includes timber, because for some reason they separate out timber in a separate little category. For all products, and this is gross, this is not net to the growers or the loggers. So gross product brought in from agricultural for 2020 was $222,875,000. Dollars, so we're saying we'll just round it up a bit, or we can round it down either way. Twenty-two point eight million dollars, and fascinatingly enough, that was a decrease that went down seventeen point nine percent from two thousand nineteen. And in the report, it says the reason that uh, they have, looks like that all the production was down was lack of labor in the COVID pandemic for they needed the crops were not being picked primarily apples and pears um so labor shortage was a lot of why the producers weren't able to produce as much as they had in the past that's what they're saying that's overall what happened was lack of labor then um but i'm gonna break it down just it was fascinating for me i hope you'll enjoy this um so all agricultural pre- production, that's minus timber, was $129 million. That's down 20.4%. So all the agricultural crops are down. And they break it up into some interest categories. We have fruit and nut crops brought in uh, $92.7 million. That was down 26% from the previous year. Livestock production, $18.2 million. Not as big a drop, just 1.8% on that. Vegetable production, $1.3 million. That was actually up from the previous year by 6.6%. That indicates to me that we are really going for growing local, buying local, keeping things local. Um, I know through the pandemic, I don't shop out of the area as much. I shop locally in Anderson Valley. I buy locally. I'm staying real, real local on my purchasing. So positive, up 6.6% in vegetable production. All right, field crops, 13.4%. That was not as down. That That's your probably your feed, your alfalfa, your haze, your all kinds of that stuff, field production. So that was down just 0.4%, not much. Livestock and poultry production, 1.4 million. Amazing. And that was down 4.8%. And then we have nursery production, 
which I wouldn't even have thought about, but we have nurseries in the, in the county. That was at $1.8 million, and again, that was up 4.1%. So that's a that's where we that's a lot of money that comes in. That's a lot of different production that's going on. They actually break it down. It, it's fascinating. They break it down um, by apples, pears, grapes. Uh, the grape industry was down a bit. That was only eighty-two million. Down down a chunk from the previous year at one point fourteen million. So the even the grape crops got hit uh, by that. The pear crops. So they got they spread it out pretty good. Um, one of the other things I found fascinating was that the end of the th- at the end of the report on one of the last pages of their graphs, they actually show they actually say how much is organic. So here you go. Um, there are sixteen thousand four hundred acres of grapes in the county. Of that. is organically grown right on Mendocino County. Then we go to fruits and nuts, which would be your apples, your pears, uh, your olives, you know, walnuts, that kind of stuff they grow. There's 1,534 acres total of those in production in Mendocino County. Only 16% of that is organic. So a shout out to the... uh, wine industry for doing really good with the organic moving us forward towards that 44 percent i will say that's probably a lot of driven by um the consumer i think consumer uh us us consumers drive a lot of these decisions that these companies are making always have always will be so that's great um yeah, and then we have the livestock industry. I didn't realize they break it down really well in the livestock industry. They have it divided by cows and sheep and lambs and hogs and pigs. Of course, cattle and calving have always been big in the valley in the in the county. Um, they uh, the number of, the number of cattle heads of cow out there have gone down, but the values have remained pretty consistent. The values of the cows and the calves we have around here is $18 million. So that was funny good. And then the other thing they have is they they break it down to what... We really are an agricultural county. I just have to say that. I know it, we get away from that a lot with the tourism. We talk about all this other stuff. But when you look at these numbers and the industry that's going on with the um, agriculture and what we do is we really truly still are an agricultural county in a lot of ways. They also break it down by acreage of how many acres is in everything. Uh, then we go to the timber industry. It was another fascinating little thing. Um, they do a 10-year comparison. They've got a sheet, part of, their, part of their presentation, and they did a 10-year comparison of logging. And logging used to be like the biggest thing in the county, as everybody knows. So for... 2020, the amount of board feet they pulled out was 114.5 million board feet. And the gross value of that was worth just under $94 million. And that was down from last year. Uh, 
I was looking back to see the biggest year they've had. So 2018, it was like 132.5 million. So that's down 40 million. So things have, you know, got rolled back. And the report actually said also that a lot of the reason, uh, not a lot of the reason, but some of the reason that the numbers on the timber were down and timber production is also related to labor. So a lot of these decreases in the outputs for our um, agriculture and our timber products were definitely related to lack of labor and getting labor in to the county. We heard all the reports about that. About that, one of the um, one of the interesting things I wanted to read about the timber industry, which fascinated me in the thing um mendocino county ranked fourth in the state in timber volume and produced roughly 7.8 percent of this of the state's total timber harvest in 2020 so we rank fourth that was that was still we're still up there but uh so timber is still a pretty big production um one of the categories I found fascinating that they didn't have any numbers for because they just, I guess the state switched how, the state has all these regs on how you report all of this. Um, they We have actually a, a, a little line for milk production. We have wool production and milk production. That would come off the coast, I'm sure. But the state just switched over their way of, um, their system, the federal marketing system for recording milk. So they, they, didn't have, they didn't have a current report on that. But what I found fascinating is in the past, historical values for milk productions are usually between 3 and $4 million. So we have a very diversified agricultural and timber producing county. And it looks like um, if we can get the labor in and keep this going, that's um, a thriving economy. I'm trying to look for my last sheet. One of the other sheets they had, they actually broke it down. I wanted to discuss, discuss it as soon as I can find it, is they had a whole report on the fishing industry. They had forest products. Oh, here we is in my sheet. Um, they break down the commercial fish catch. See, I'm just a numbers gal, but I'm going to help you guys out with this. So the commercial fish catch for 2020, the value was $6.5 million. That was the gross brought in. And that that reflects... Uh, Let's see, it's 4.5 million pounds of product that was brought in. They break it down into crab, of course, which is the biggest one. Crab brought in 1.8 million. Salmon brought in just under a million. And tuna albacore brought in about 850,000. And then they break it all the way down for the totals. The biggest year interestingly enough you have to go back several years you can see the the trend for the catch of each year is trending down i mean the 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 fishermen are just getting pounded folks i gotta tell you the numbers are not looking good for them the biggest year they've had in the last 10 years was in 2013 and they were up to seven 17 million dollars so you're looking back 2013 
seventeen million dollars, and now they're down to six point five. But that's a we need to be aware that that brings in that brings in a bunch of money that keeps the money local, brings it to the tourists. Uh, yeah, so that's where we're going. All right, eight nine five two four four eight. Questions, comments, questions you can pick. I've got all this paperwork here. That's kind of like what I came up with, uh, looking at our industries and what's going on. Um, it'll be interesting to see what 2021 brings in to compare it, because 2020 was the first of the pandemic, the first of the COVID, where we had a lot of people staying home, a lot of things being closed down. So we all expected, I'm sure, that it'd take a hit. Um It'll be interesting to see if we bounce back in 2021 for those kind, for these industries that we're showing. Um, Yeah, fascinating. Um, The breakdown of the commodities, just to give you a quick idea, um, for 2020, this is how they break it down to get the 22.8 million is um, fruits and nuts, 92.7 million. Livestock production is 18.2 million. Livestock and poultry productions is, um, and that does not include the milk value because they couldn't throw that in, is 1.4 million. Again, nursery productions, 1.8 million. Vegetable crops, 1.3. Field crops, 13.4. And forest products, 93.8. To make a total of 22 million, 22.9 million 2200 there we go 900,000 22 shoot it's just under 23 223 million dollars is what it works out to be that's a lot of income from our agricultural products and that's not even including cannabis so what happened in the report the the agricultural person gave this whole report to the supervisors and then there was a separate report on cannabis and so I sat there and listened to this whole thing, and they're throwing these numbers around. And then basically what they end up end up saying is that the cannabis report was so, it was so difficult for them to collect the data that it didn't adequately reflect what's going on in the county for cannabis. So basically at the end of this back and forth and back and forth discussion and the presentation, the board just said, you know what? We can't even rely on those numbers for 2020. So they pretty much threw the report out. So I didn't even bring it up because it's so off the wall unrealistic. It just didn't seem to be relevant. So hopefully there'll be better recording and we'll have an idea to throw in the mix with all the other products that we're producing in the county. So, all right, we got somebody coming in. 895-2448 because, boy, I got a lot of information out. Good morning. Whoops. Try again. You got called off. 8952448 to get in. That was a lot of information. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's nice to know where the money's coming in. And that's a big chunk of money. I mean, a lot of that that doesn't go to the board. Okay, that doesn't come into the pockets of the supervisors to spend, but what that does is I believe that that money stays local. I believe that the majority of the people, maybe not the big timber corporations, okay, we'll let them go, or the big corporations, but most of this is our neighbors growing food, our neighbors growing cows and sheep and producing products that we sell locally. 
So that mo- that that's the kind of money that you know circulates in our community. All right, I'm going to try to get this caller back on eight nine five two four four eight. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. I hope. Yes. Uh, what does TKO stand for? Oh, talk talk radio. How's that? <laughs> Talk radio. No, my my name is Karen Audubonny. My initials are KO. So we just they wanted a name oh. for the show, and it, it's it could be a knockout. I say that facetiously, but it's it's it could be just talk radio. It's just TKO. It was just a name to throw. So on. are you recording? Playing a recording now? No, we're live, darling. Because I hear you on the radio, and I hear you on my phone. Uh, yeah, I know we're live. Um. We're live every every other Wednesday morning. I'm live here and bringing up county issues. So there you go. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it was just a name to throw at the title for a show. Alicia Bales came up with it. Um, but the other thing is, is if uh, you do miss the show or you want to go back and get some of the details, you, we also stream this on Jukebox, KZWAX Jukebox. You can go back to the time hour and do all this, pick up all the shows, actually the music shows, all the talk shows, the news. I go back and listen to the news at night from that. So, all right, 895-2448 until the end of the show. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Hi, I'm wondering how I could research how the agricultural industries that were lacking labor, I believe you said? Yeah, that's what they said, a lot of it. Yeah, so so I'm wondering if there's a way to find out how those industries voted, how they voted on immigration. Yeah, I doubt that would be that's that would be hard to find out. And the industries you're talking about the wine industry, you're talking about uh, you know, the timber industry harvesting. So it's a that's a broad scope, but yeah, I mean, I would imagine most of the labor had to do with COVID and being shut down. But uh, we'll see how that bounces back. But yes, labor was the big issue they said for getting it. So, hey, thanks for the call. I'm going to move on. Good morning, caller. You're on the air, I hope. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, this might be kind of a silly question, but I was wondering why it's always called cannabis now as opposed to marijuana. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't know. I think that they, I'm not sure. That's a good, I think because. there was some, there was some discussion on that recently. I just, I can't remember, just you're triggering a memory about there was some discussion on why they call it cannabis and not marijuana. Um, and I don't remember how that came out, but that's an interesting one. And then you've got hemp on top of it, throwing hemp and you got them all there. But, uh, yeah. Well, I'm kind of old and during the sixties, there was a stigma related to marijuana, maybe even before that, but now all of a sudden cannabis and it's like wow it's kind of okay and i guess it's okay but it's way way stronger than (laughs) it's way way stronger yeah all right hey thanks for the call crazy thanks for the call all right get somebody else on here good morning caller whoops good morning caller you're on the air i hope yes i hope i am too so the supervisors absorbed all of the information about crops that you read out which was really interesting but how did they react? Did they just sit there like sponges and say nothing? Or did they give any indication as to how they were interpreting this and what they might actually do in response to the figures? 
actually there wasn't much response they just they the biggest response was about the inaccuracy inaccuracy accuracy of the cannabis report that was the main discussion the rest of it the majority they just take the reports in and approve them or not approve them so that's what happened it was mainly around the cannabis and the lack of reporting and how inconsistent it was but yeah there weren't too many comments about that i think maybe glenn mcgordy made some comments about the wine industry and that but no most of the time they just uh, read the reports and take them in but thanks for the question okay well it seems to me that reports like that could be the basis for future planning and i kind of hope they are okay sounds good all right, thanks for the call. All right, so Rich just handed me, so Thursday, oh, that's tomorrow night. Who's going to have her on? So Thursday evening, there's going to be a, specially, a special public affairs, which I didn't know about. Okay, it's going to be tomorrow at 3 p.m. Ooh, this should be fun to tune in. After 12 years as Mendocino County's chief executive officer and the first woman to ever serve in the role carmel angelo was retiring on march oh so the end of march 20 so alicia bales sat down with her to talk about the challenges she faced during her time as a ceo how she navigated leadership and controversy and what she anticipates for local government in mendocino county after she leaves it's an interview and it's on tomorrow afternoon at three. Ooh, i will stream that later on all right i'm gonna get another caller on here we go Caller, you're on the air. Whoa, that's nasty. All right. Caller, you're on the air. Hello, hello. Hello. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, hello. Okay, uh, I just turned off my radio. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Uh, I know that this isn't something that I tuned in late, and I'm going to catch you later on Jukebox, but I was just wondering if you know anything about this poster that I'm looking at that's from the Coyote Valley Band of Pomo Indians, and it says, Witness what's happening in our Pomo homelands, and it says, Please take a day out of your busy schedule and join me in the Redwoods. This is on this coming Sunday, February the 27th. And Monday, this uh, February 28th, and it's a meet and greet. Jug Handle State Reserve parking lot, Casper, California, 11:30 a.m. And they'll walk, rain or shine. Please bring your own water. Dress warm, comfortable shoes. Bring a raincoat and an umbrella. Witness what's happening in our Pomo uh, homelands. And there's a whole lot of information online about what is happening in the you know jackson demonstration for us but is this anything you know anything about don't know anything about it i just know that the native americans have now been invited to the table at jackson state it's about time and for you guys that are interested go out and do it but thanks for alerting to us yeah i know it's happening and i know they're involved and i think it's wonderful finally thanks for the call well thank you for letting me share that yeah you bet Alrighty. Bye. Okay, we're going to try another caller here. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yeah, can you hear me okay? I sure can. What's up? Cool. Yeah, thank you for the show. I love the highlights on the local food. Um, I have just a quick question. Did you see any numbers that show what percent of the food grown here stays local? 
No, they didn't say that. And I would imagine that probably your small vegetable farmers, probably some stuff, that's like all our farm supply or you know, farmer's markets and things. But I know the pears and the apples were really down, and those usually go outside. So they didn't do that. But the encouraging part for me was that the vegetable production was up such a big percentage. So I think I think our agriculture is shifting to more local, and I'm really glad to see that I know the local co-op in Ukiah and local foods people are getting more food locally. So that's really great. And then the other thing I heard about that is I just heard they put a mobile um, butchering uh, situation together for um taking a mobile butchering unit into the county, Sonoma and Mendocino County. I haven't heard much about if it's really happening up here, but get some local butchering going so we keep our meats local too. So thanks for the question. I am encouraged to see that we're going organic, though. That's really good. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was a great show. Elizabeth Archer, I think, was her name on the Farm and Garden Show, covered the local butcher. Um, oh, did they? Good week, for them. So good. I did want to say... Um, there was a Mendocino Food Policy Council study that was done, I think, in 2014, so it's a little bit out of date. It was showing that like something like 98% of what was produced here, or produced here, sorry, um, was leaving the county. Oh, wow. And I think you're right on about the, the veggies going up, and that's yeah. local farmer's market. That's not our wine yeah. grapes and so forth. All right. So I think that's promising. But I do want to say there's a local cannery that's developing in Fort Bragg. Cool. i got to get out of here. Um, they're going to cut me off, but thanks, good. but thanks for bringing that up. So anyway, hey, folks, thanks for tuning in. I hope it wasn't too overwhelming with the numbers and stuff, but I always try to catch up with what's going on, let you know what's going on, because I take the time to listen. So don't forget, tune in. Don't, don't become a member if you aren't a member and we'll be back i'll be back in two weeks with who knows whatever i can scrounge up have a great weekend and stay safe this has been a production of mendocino county public broadcasting kzyx philo 90.7 fm kzyz willits and ukiah 91.5 fm and fort bragg at 88.1 fm you can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner thank you for listening